Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Bono year of Galair. My name is Owen Carey. Welcome to my Senior Times podcast series. I'm with Sean Skeen. Sean, selling golf holidays. I think it was Paddy O'Looney that you may know, the MD of Swing, used to say that golf was bomb-proof, recession-proof and contagion-proof. And that was uh, when he was talking a lot about inbounded to Ireland and went through the troubles to foot and mouth, all of that. You were you were selling uh, golf holidays back when there was no money in the country, back through that terrible 1980s recession. Um, is, does it behave in a different way to other types of holiday? Crikey. Um you're dealing with a different, without being uh, elitist or anything, you are dealing with a different clientele, whether you like it or not, you know. Um, and uh, I remember the, the, the Spanish Tourist Board once working out when they were, you possibly remember a time when they used to have a Spanish Open and moved it from one destination to another uh, every, Indeed, every year. I do, yes. But they, they, they worked out that a golfer spent eight times as much money uh, on, on a holiday once they got to, got to Spain than anybody else did. So that's, that's, why, they, that's why they chased after it. So golfers, to a certain extent, they, they, they remain elitist. But uh, through the 80s, crikey, I started, I, the first organized trip I ever did was 1975. And uh, then leading into the 80s, crikey, it was, it, was, it was tough going. It was tough going. Um, but then, fortunately, from my point of view, by the time it came to the 90s and, and uh, people were ready to go, uh, I was ready to go because I knew the destinations and I, I, I had the knowledge. And the other wonderful thing from my point of view is that in the mid-90s, my average client was a 55 to 60-year-old married couple. And um, amazing though it might seem nowadays, in 1995, a 55-year-old man knew nothing about computers. So the only way they had of getting on an organized holiday was by dealing with somebody who knew their way about the place. Unfortunately, I, I was that man. Um, but over the years, there was, there was the 80s was a bad one. Then we had the, the, the financial crisis in, what was that, 2009? 2008, um, September, and then 09 was the season it yeah, yeah. And it didn't, it ran for years as well. Which yeah, but by the time yeah. that came along, we had a, we had a, we had a background. We had something to, to back on. Whereas in the 80s, we were coming from the 70s. And, and even when you, when you think back before that, like the, the evolution of the state, there, there really wasn't that much money around the place. So um, anyway. We did survive. <laughs> but, but golfers are golfers. And I think, you know, the 1960s, Henry Cotton arrived and saw this coastline in Spain and said, we can make great golf courses here. Even <clears throat> from then, Irish people were talking about it, the days when, before we had a proper PGA, when where the PGA was virtually a British circuit, uh, where yeah. Christy O'Connor Sr., sadly, he was too early in the cycle to make a big impact on the uh, European PGA. But from yeah. the 60s, we had people travelling out from Ireland and it was a very different experience then. Um, 
much uh, less organised, I presume. Oh, crikey, yeah. yeah but def- very definitely. And in fact, uh, amazingly enough, Dermot uh, Gleeson had a piece in the paper uh, about five, four Sundays ago, no, maybe maybe even more, and he wrote about Christy winning, winning the John Clare. Uh, in Hollandwell in Nottingham and he won at the time £50,000 do you remember that? <laughs> and, and amazingly enough I, I rang Dermot that morning I was actually there I lived in Yorkshire at the time and we drove down to Hollandwell for the last day and I stood at the back of the 18th green when, when Christie uh, hit, hit, played the hole and it was one of the first times I ever really, I ever had a, a, a personal experience of the difference between sound and light because we actually saw his tee shot leave and land in the bunker on the right-hand side of the fairway, and then the next thing is I heard the crack of him hitting the shot. So light definitely went faster than sound. <laughs> um, but then I came, I came back here, and and uh, I, I wasn't I was, wasn't even in the travel business, and uh, I, I joined Contarf, and uh, I saw an advert for a, a holiday to Arizona, and uh, I, I rang the guy in England and said to him, well, "Look, if I get twelve people to go on this, will you give me a free holiday?" And he said, okay, I will, thinking that I probably wouldn't. And uh, I got him about 30. Um, And the the fellow said, said, oh, I've given you one free trip. I thought I'd get maybe three now or two or something. But uh, that was the start of it. And somebody on the trip said, maybe there's an idea. Maybe somebody could earn a living doing this from Ireland. So there I started. Arizona was the first place I ever went to. And um, off I went on a wing wing and a prayer. You certainly started very exotic because nobody went that far to play golf in those days. The first first three trips I ever did were Arizona, Corfu and Thailand. But I I, I always was one to find different destinations. And and the Costa del Sol and the Algarve, which obviously would be the number one golfing destinations for, for everybody, they never were for me. And even, uh, obviously, we do them. And I've had trips there both to both destinations. But in, in, in Portugal, I've always gone to a place south of Lisbon. Great, wonderful golf there at half the price of the, of the Algarve. And my number one destination in Spain is Cadiz, a place called Novo Santa Petri. Um, and I've, I've had great benefit from both of those destinations. And guess we take... Oh, nowadays, hopefully, uh, in the year, the year before, in, in 2019, we would have had as many as 20 separate groups going to Cadiz. And probably nowadays, the one place that has become a really pet of mine is Cyprus. Cyprus is an absolute, I'm sure you, you might maybe saw Aphrodite Hills there about three or four weeks ago. They had a tournament from it. But Cyprus is a wonderful destination, weather nearly, nearly all the year round. Um, and uh, they all speak English, and it's it's it's, it's super. It's super. It um, almost strikes me as odd that Cyprus entered the game, and Aphrodite Hills, you're right, is regarded as a jewel in the golf yeah. travel calendar. Um, they don't have the range of courses or the number of courses. In fact, if you were to look at Cyprus's offering of golf courses uh, on paper, and luckily we don't play golf on paper, but when if you were to look on paper, it's very few courses, but they are of very spectacular quality. They are indeed. There's only, there's only four, four golf courses there. That's all. Um, and one of them, a very good one called Alea, Alea Resort, designed by Faldo, um, is, 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 is in financial difficulties. Um, see, they, they, they don't have a long season because in the summer it's, it's too hot 
and then it's 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 heavy in in the in the spring and the autumn. Then of course it gets dark very early at four o'clock there in November. So their their playing times are limited. And Alea, which is a beautiful golf course, I would in my opinion as good as Aphrodite, um, is is in is in diffs. Um, oh dear. And one of the actually one of the one of the unique features about Alea is because it was designed by Faldo. Their main their main attractions on the food menu are the three dinners that uh, Faldo had that when he when he won the Masters: uh, fish and chips, steak and kidney pie, and shepherd's pie. They're the they're the, they're the three they're the three uh, meals that Faldo te- treated as his his, his past uh, entourage of winners of the Masters. Oh, always a man for the fine dining, our Nick. Um, you were <laughs> Might have gone um, down better than Fuzzy Zeller. What did, what did Fuzzy Zeller say about Tiger? didn't go very well we won't we won't repeat it no it's probably not for delicate ears you were also at the heart of the action in turkey when uh, efforts were made to uh, promote turkish golf Uh, what some people don't get is um, you can almost describe belek as a golf city an entire resort with fine hotel huge hotels you could actually yep. run a fairway through some of the bedrooms and yep, you yep. Uh, the hotel resort hotel after uh, after yep. resort and wonderful courses out there but it's so difficult to get there Owen. it's so difficult to get there you know the the the, 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 the flights that go there are are, are, are uh, holiday flights and every seat on an aircraft essentially has a bed attached to it and if if you're someone like me that's trying to get a group of 40 or 50 or 60 60 people into one hotel, uh, you sometimes have to buy rooms in places that, that you don't want because the, the, the operator uh, has a commitment. And of course, I, d- I don't want to get involved in chartering uh, 180-seater aircraft at this time of my life. You know, it's, there was a time and I didn't mind it, but it makes it, it is a terrific destination. And in fact, my my best friend is, is, a, is a guy called David Jones, and David has designed many courses down there. And in fact, his son was a pro down there for a while. So I know the area well, but it's a very difficult one to sell, and I've, I've never really developed it. Plus the fact that I, I did have a group there in 2000 when there was a, there was a, a the, the Red Brigade or somebody like that, I forget who it was, but they actually came out and they warned against tourists. They said, tourists, you are our, our target. So I had groups there at the time and I had to cancel them and get out of it. So even though I totally accept what you say, it, it is a golfing mecca. It's, it's almost like North Carolina. Uh, it, it's, there's nothing else. It's wall to wall. But the Germans do very well there. On Germans do very well there. But um, I, I don't. I don't think it's ever been for any other golf tour operator. I don't think it's ever been a big, uh, big seller from Ireland. I know people go there, but I don't think it'll ever be because of the difficulty of getting there. And there's no way that anybody is going to go on a week's long golfing holiday and change uh, change planes in Istanbul. And we do remember the trouble. We do remember Tara Whelan, who was sadly killed by uh, separatists in a bomb attack down in really? uh, near there in two thousand in the two thousands. Everything has yeah. uh, moved on a bit, and the key to it, by the sound of what you're saying, is to get a charter together. Because uh, even though there's loads of connections through Istanbul and Turkish Airways has a double daily to Istanbul, and there's yeah. Da- yeah. Uh, lots of daily flights, it is awkward to get to. We need to get back, and, and it's too far for a smaller one hundred seat charter. It's a five-hour flight, so it's not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's. it's never been it's never been one for me although as I said with David Jones 
work, literally staying in my house on the way to the airport many times. I'm well aware of the development of it. Um, and I did have I did, I did have times there, but it never became a big destination for me. Never. Um, yeah. It always astonishes me, astonishes me how far a golfer will travel to play a good course. <laughs> uh, you just mentioned Thailand was one of your first three trips. That's not mm. a one-stop shot. That's a two-stop uh, destination. Again, terrific courses. And... Uh, what is the attraction about Thailand? Uh, Owen, <laughs> um, I would have to say, one of the questions I'm asked regularly because I've been in the business so long is what's your favourite place and what's the best place? Uh, there's no such thing as the best place to play golf, but Thailand probably would be very high in the, on, the, on, the, on the list. The problem being that it's a 15-hour trip to get there. The standard of the golf courses from top to bottom is absolutely absolutely outstanding uh, everything every golf course is manicured to the hilt there still is good value it isn't the value that it, that it used to be uh, one thing that, that that's a prerequisite for Irish people is the weather has to be good and of course in Thailand it's guaranteed because you go there like you are simply not going to see uh, you might say a 10 minute shower a, a 10 min, minute torrent but that's all that's all you'll ever see so you're guaranteed that you know you're going to be playing your shorts and a shirt every day you know you're going to have a caddy as part of the deal it's absolutely, absolutely fabulous and there are so many golf courses the first year that I went there your, your, your memory of timing would probably be better than most but I heard about it because the two Christie's Chris O'Connor's got to be good to both of them. Uh, they played in the World Cup of Golf in a place called Navatani, N-A-V-A-T-A-N-W-E, yeah. designed by Robert Trent Jones. And I heard about that and said, my God, that'd be a good place to run a golf holiday to. And I set it up and we found these golf courses, Navatani, a beautiful place called the Rose Garden outside uh, Bangkok and a place in uh, Pattaya, Siam Country Club, where they play a, a very big ladies pro tour event there. Now we played those three golf courses, and they were the they were the the, the yardstick that we measured everything against. Um, but now I don't play those golf courses anymore. Don't go near them. But there's a second tier and a third tier has come along, and it is fantastic value. And over the years, I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there, and and. Everybody comes back from a from a, an eighty year old. My mother, again, God rest her, she was seventy five when she went, and she absolutely loved it. And almost on the same trip, uh, Angus McAnally, and Angus at the time was a twenty twenty one year old guitar player. And within both of them, they found something in Thailand. It is it is described as the land of the smiles and. Thai people, even though they have developed tourism, I mean, tourism is massive over there. It's huge. It's created in Pattaya. Pattaya, which was a one-street place when I went there first in 75, it's now a city. And it is actually a city. Um, it's massive, uh, absolute. The things that golf has done for the Thai economy is, is, is wonderful. But if you can put up with the journey, it's well worth it when you get there. It is absolutely worth every every minute of the journey. Um, and as you say, the caddy is included. Navatani uh, was <laughs> built for the World Cup, I think, in 1975. I might be wrong on that, but it was well, specially maybe, built. Maybe, maybe it was. Um, yeah. Pattaya, it was where almost all the golf was at that period, but it has spread through the rest of the country. Um, there are magnificent courses. People talk about the heat, but as you say, uh, the caddy is there, is with you as well. So, And, uh, and of course, the buggies nowadays. But in, in my early days, there were no buggies. 
uh, and the caddies, not only the, the caddies, the, the girls, the caddies are female, of course, uh, they have to carry the bag on their back. And the, the 18th in Siam Country Club is a long uphill par five. And when you've been walking the 17 holes in, like it's going to be uh, 32 or 33, uh, but think about the poor girl carrying your bag, bag, bag of clubs on her back. Mm, that's the, tough going. Tough girls. They come from the mountain. Most of them come from the mountain villages up near the Cambodian border. That's right. South Africa is also a long old haul. It's a, it's a, but it's the same time zone, so you don't have the, the time lag and a really great courses and quite a lot of interest in it, isn't there? Yeah, South Africa is super. It's a wonderful, wonderful country. Everything about it, and of course nowadays uh, the rand has gone. That rand is almost twenty to twenty to a euro, which is quite incredible. The, the the hotels and the golf courses have kept price, but when you get there, when you actually get to South Africa nowadays, it still is fantastic value. Um, uh, Cape Town, even though there's lots of golf courses in Cape Town, to me it's not the strongest <clears throat> part of the golfing. But then you go along the the, the, the garden route and you get to Fancourt three wonderful golf courses in Fancourt and another one right beside it called George just outside it which probably might even be better than the Fancourt ones and then some people don't like it Sun City because it's it's a it's I suppose it's, it's manufactured but it's it is a, manufactured it's a, it's but it's a creation of apartheid well. and it has bad connotations yes. but it is the place where Foster and Allen made their home for a while so <laughs> did they? <laughs> They used to play gigs out there. It was very, uh, it was really? quite controversial yeah. at its time. But well, Joe Dolan went there. Joe did the tour there, and, and it was quite controversial at the time. But uh, <laughs> But as you say, golf is is terrific. Yeah, and down in Durban, I, I, I once had a. a, a, a What's the golf course down on the left-hand side from Durban? I've forgotten the name of the golf course now. Uh, anyway, I had a group there, and uh, we had a wonderful time. We were nearly coming to the end of the tour, but people had got used to, to having a caddy. But in this particular case, it turned out that they, they had they had buggies. So, of course, we took the buggies, but the caddies were waiting. And the, the caddy master, who was a lady, uh, came to me and said... Um, Massa, my ladies have no work. Uh, what can we do? Can they go with your people for, as a spotter? So I said, yes, of course you can. So I was the last one out. And my spotter, now this was a, a lady running around in very hot weather, searching for our golf balls. And the, the lady that I got to be my spotter was called Pretty. And to be perfectly honest with you, nobody has ever been worse named. She, a lot of things she might have been, that was not really describing her very well. But the point of the story is that we came to the third hole, which is a par three, and we had to wait for a while. And I looked at Pretty and I said to her, Pretty, do you have a baby in there? Are you having a baby? And she said, oh, yes, I have. And I said, when, when are you expecting your baby? She said, I'm not sure, two, maybe three weeks. Wow. Stun silence on. That was the actual. Yeah. And you had four Irish men uh, strolling around, sitting in buggies, and this girl, woman, God love her, respecting a baby in two or three weeks. And uh, she was running around chasing our golf balls. But um, I can tell you one thing when we got to the 18th, actually, when we came to the 18th, uh, it was a long walk, and again, we had to get over the bridge to get there. And uh, I said to her, Come on, go into the buggy now, and we'll take it. Even then, she wouldn't get into the buggy because if she was seen sitting in the buggy, presumably she'd lose her job. But 
Uh, as good a, as good a business day as you ever got in your life from the two four Irish guys that played that day. I wonder which it was that Zimbali or one of those great golf courses. No, it was Zimbali. It's a, it's it's a wonderful part remember. of the country in KwaZulu Natal. It's down. It's down. It goes going south from Durban. Okay. Uh, Zimbali right. is just north of Durban. It goes yeah. south from Durban, past Durban Country Club. It's about. Uh, about, about, about an hour's drive down there. Wonderful, wonderful back nine, and it's just, it's, it's just a little bit of a senior moment that I can't remember the name of the yeah, golf course. Which was no, no jet good. lag in South Africa. Jet lag is a big problem. No, that's the great not- thing about it. It's only two hours. You, 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 if you can sleep on the plane overnight, you're in, you're in, you're in business. Traveling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at Expressway.ie. Make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just two euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. And uh, jet lag is a big, a big issue with uh, North America, but people still love it. Uh, what's, where would you be happy to send people or recommend to people? I know that um, South Carolina sort of uh, boasts Hilton. about its number of courses. Yeah, I've, I've always been a Hilton, Hilton Head person rather than Is it, is it Myrtle Beach you're thinking of? Myrtle Beach, of yes, course, yeah, 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 Myrtle Beach. Yeah, which I've done very little. I just preferred Hilton Head in the same way as I have preferred Sisimbra, south of Lisbon, to the Algarve, and Cadiz to the Costa del Sol. I've just always, John Cassidy, uh, my good friend in opposition, of course, always said that ski and finds out the places, if they're any good, we'll go after them. And John yeah. did say that in all honesty, and it, it, it's a, there's a certain amount of truth in it. I've always been a, a great one to explore and find different places. In fact, I was, I was invited to the, the, the Muirfield Open about 10 years ago by the Spanish Tourist Board, and I, I wondered why. And in fact, it turned out that the, the Spanish Minister for Tourism was there, and they gave me an award for being the, the, the trailblazer of, of, of golf to, to Spain, which I was to a certain extent in the early days in the 70s. Um, what, what have you seen happen with Spanish golf? There was a lot of talk, particularly at the same time as we were going through our boom here, that the um, green fees were creeping a little bit exponentially high 
for the quality of what was on offer. That's when I think the Algarve would have snatched a fair amount of the business. How, do you, how have you seen it moving on? Um, well, the Algarve aren't behind the door when it comes to charging for their green fees either. I, I, I think they've, they've, they've lost the run of themselves a little bit. Although I did go down there about two months ago when the, in the quiet time. I went and had a, had a couple of games of golf and green fees had come down an awful lot. But that was, of course, because of the pandemic. How much have they come down, Sean? Oh, they were they were they were done by fifty percent. But you wouldn't know how, how how much of it was because of the pandemic and whether they put them back up again. I've it has been my experience with Spain over the years that they they, they go up and down like a roller coaster. They they cut the prices when they need it, but then as soon as people start going there, the next thing the prices are going back through the roof again. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I go to Cadiz because like it's terrific value golf value over there. It's not as developed as it is in the Costa del Costa del Sol is it's it's easy because there's flights to Malaga. What, 20 flights a week, maybe at peak times. Three so times easy, daily and peak, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, easy, it's easy to get there. But yeah, Aer Lingus even get the big uh, A330s that run across yeah. the Atlantic and do it. they do a run while it's uh, while it's in Dublin before the next takeoff. They do a run that's, to Malaga and back right, yeah. because it's, they can put them on the, uh, th- uh, the 380-seaters there. But the well-known, the well-known golf course, they're, they're charging... They're, they're charging Big, big bucks now. Um, any places like Turkabrada and Nihas and Mukti Tunes in the in the early days, or in in fact, I, we talked about the the, the the perfect golfing holiday. In 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 my very early days, when people were perhaps as sophisticated as they are now, we stayed in a place called the PYR Apartments in Fuengirola, and the basic golf program was Mihas, Turkabrada, Andalusia. And Soto Grande. Come on, absolutely unbelievable. You wouldn't buy that today no. for a hundred, a hundred unplayable Andalusia. You can't get out there anymore pretty well. And Soto Grande would be, if you could get out there, probably 200. Um, but that was the way it was. But um, we got in, in the in the early days, and the peer apartments nowadays wouldn't be good enough for most of my clientele, but <laughs> they were very. Very good at the time, basic, but and of course you walked out to all the bars in in, in the world, which is all people want to do. Um, it's, a rel- it's a relatively simple formula most of the time for Irish golfers: sun and uh, access, and not too far to travel. Um, and and uh, they love us because of the season. We uh, we tend to jump a bit earlier because our our winter makes our own courses unplayable. So we can be jumping from a little bit earlier in the season yeah. compared with other European markets. That this trip you described uh, in the in uh, Fungarola Pier Apartments, it sounds like golf at its purest. You know, at almost an innocent age, we've seen huge cities, golf cities being built, uh, the Villa Muras and places like that. Have they? Is the golfer better off now uh, with all the with with an entire resort probably built for their requirements? than they were in those days when, you know, life was simpler. <laughs> you know, age of innocence, life was simpler. You're quite right, really. And and I, I, I use the phrase, our, our palates were maybe not so highly developed. So a place like uh, the pier apartments and walk outside the door and get, get, get I don't know. It, I, I think people are, of course, you, you've got that fantastic place in China Um where there's what nine golf courses in one uh, in, in in one place, all designed by the most famous people in the world. Um, I think I think people 
nowadays, I find that the one thing that people don't want anymore is a long journey to the golf course. So yes, if you if you could get to a place like Belek, where there is so much golf available for you right on the spot, that would be that would be super. Uh, the Villamora area that's expensive. The old course in Villamora, even to tour operators, are charging 150 euros. That kind of money, and that that's maybe it's because I've been around so long that I I, I think crazy. Um, it's not that long ago that uh, we did six rounds in Thailand for 200 euros and, and obviously made a profit on it. And you won't get very far for 200 euros uh, for, for, for six rounds of golf any, anywhere in the world nowadays, of course. Um, but, uh, and you mentioned I, I, uh, Christy O'Connor and, of course, uh, Christy O'Connor Jr. I don't know how he ever got called Jr., but he was the nephew of Christy O'Connor Sr., for those who don't know. But he um, w- ended up um, r- running a golf course out there, more or less de- de- designing it. And it was quite a spectacular place with uh, very good water, yes. moving water all over the place. It was That's right. There's a Feldo course down there as well. But the, the, those two golf courses on, uh, are, are, in my view, verging on being too difficult for ordinary people. Um, I, I think that, that I, when I run my tournaments, I try to find a golf course that's about 6,000 yards long and that an average golfer might be able to come in with, although we don't play many singles competitions, but an average golfer might be able to come in with 33 or 34 points. But I, I mean, places like that and, and, and uh the O'Connor course and the Faldo course down there. Like if if you could if you could break thirty points there, you're you're playing very 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 well. They're, they're really they're really t- they're championship courses rather than holiday golf courses. Um, and finding the golf course uh, for for the ordinary uh, golfer to play. In, uh, in, I, I know that the good guys uh, will go away and, and play in championships and maybe play their own four balls. But in terms of the people that I would have on trips. Um, I don't think if I have 80 golfers on a trip, uh, I don't think there will be four of them in single figures. Um, that, that, so you are you're, you're looking at 10 handicap and up, and in fact, uh, very often uh, we run we run team competitions, and we would have we would try to find a low, a medium, and two ladies. Of course, we we, we do have very much we we go in for mixed, but uh, nowadays if we've got 20 teams. I will find it very difficult to get four men under fifteen handicap uh, out out of out of a group of eighty. Um, so you are you are looking for uh, customer friendly golf courses rather than these ultimate challenges. And of course, everybody um, went chasing the championship. You know, you you yeah. build your course, try to get a big tournament, get the marketing out of it, and yeah, the yeah. Uh, high handicappers were almost thrown out. And of course, you have hilly. Hillness, uh, Estepona would be a very hilly course. A lot of those yeah, beautiful greens, but the, the, and that, that's, that, that, that Estepona in particular is good value. Beautiful greens, and they, I think their green fee nowadays would be about sixty-five or seventy, which is fine. But if you go to the upper level of Spanish golf courses, the ones that people remember, the ones that they see on television, I mean, I, 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 I think uh, you're, you're looking at three hundred euros. It's, it's, it's big bucks. You invented the, the, what would I call the stadium trip, the stadium participation trip. Uh, you had people who uh, built their year around the big golf trip and people who never hit a ball went on them uh, because the crack was so good. Um, that, was, that was an amazing achievement because you, it's, you know, people talk about the genres and the subgenres of tourism. You actually invented your own. 
and it was the Irish golfer on holiday, uh, some genre. And everybody loved it, and it had a huge reputation, and the people who hosted you loved it, because it was exactly the great characters, uh, trouble-free, good-humoured, and always, uh, always went home smiling. There's only, there's only one wrong word with what you, that little thing you described on. The wrong word is had, H-A-D. Uh, it is. It is. I'm delighted to say it's anything but past tense. It's very much. It's very much still current. Um, in fact, they, our, our quote-unquote entertainment trip uh, last year had, I think, about 250 people on it. Um, it started. It started in 1982. 82 was the first one that I did, and uh, we had a, an entertainment trip. And there was Joe Cuddy, Joe Dolan, Al Bannum, Red Hurley, uh, all entertainers who played golf. And I remember the very first one we had on our final night's dinner, Shay Smith, whom you, you, you obviously know Shay Smith. I worked with Shay, he's a marvellous, marvellous man. I worked with Shay Smith was on the trip and Shay, Shay said, Sean, that's the end of pro-ams. Nobody will ever want to go on a pro-am again. Now, that wasn't entirely true, but it just, it expressed the sentiment it doesn't. It doesn't happen by accident. Now we've been we've been doing it a long time. I have to say that nowadays we we, we do tend. I've developed a few new destinations in the last few years, but uh, we do tend to go to the tried and proven and tested. Um, our destination in Cadiz, Nova Sancta Petri, is quite superb. Um, the 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 hotel is beautiful. A very upper class four star. It's on eight kilometres of the most magnificent beach you ever saw. And there's 36 holes of golf within walking distance. Uh, the food in the hotel is outstandingly good and the deal is all inclusive. So when people pay their money, they know all they've got to do is get on the plane and everything will be taken care of after, for them after that. So other than that and Cyprus, uh, they tend to be our, our, our safe go-to destinations. Thailand as a main destination has fallen off definitely, um, are people who, who who still go to Thailand. They've got to know it so well that they don't need us anymore. So that, that's, that's, the, that's kind of the end of us. They they will sometimes buy the ticket from us. But the other, they're, they're the, I do always, I keep my eye open. I go to the Gulf Travel Market every year to talk to various people to find out where I've got, but I, I kind of know what I'm looking for. Strangely enough, I, 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 for the first time, I found Lanzarote just before the the, uh, the pandemic clocked in. I, I went there in March and I found a super golf course and the hotel within five minutes. And that's a, that's a, that's a good place. Um, yeah. So that's something that I, I hope. Uh, yeah, I not many and, trees and a lot of shale and uh, sort of stony uh, fairways. That's, 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 that's the far away one. Uh, the, the, there is a near one that they've done. There is a fair bit of shale, but it's, it's, it's very playable. Very, very playable. Um, and, and people do look for new destinations. So uh, I, that's, I'm that's, just going to say about it, uh, for people who don't know, Cadiz, the, uh, Cadiz would be on the Costa Luz uh, on the side of, of Andalusia we never go to. Irish people go as far as Necra and places like that and never, <laughs> never get beyond it. But you yeah, probably but fly, go in... We fly to Seville. We yeah, fly to Seville. You, yeah, you probably go... Uh, fly to Seville. I was going to ask you, do you fly to Faro and come over? But you fly to... No, no, we fly yeah. to Seville and it's, a, it's, it's, it's an hour from Seville. So, uh, but, but, That's a rhino, uh, yeah. Yeah, but one of the significant things about that particular destination is we still get a, a, a huge number of people from Cork going to it. And Cork people can't fly to Seville. Cork people have to fly to Malaga. 
and from Malaga it's a three-hour transfer and I think it's it's a it's a testimony to the quality of the destination that they are prepared to put up with a three-hour transfer just to get there when like they're they, they've they've bypassed the entire Costa del Sol golfing range uh, and to get to get to to, to Cadiz. It's the so, southwest. Um, it's the southwest. They like going to the southwest of places. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned so, something very interesting. You know, like um, the Lisbon coast. Um, I mm. have been to Campo Real there, but you like the golf up there better than the Algarve. I do. I do. Um, th- th- there's some lovely co- lovely courses uh, uh, down there in in in, in Sesimbra. There's Troya, of course. It's probably Troya is probably too difficult. Troya is an experience in that uh, you you go from your hotel to the to the ferry, and you go across on the ferry, and then you get to Troya, and it is it is a, it is a lovely day out. But um, the, the the other <laughs> we've talked for we've talked for long now, but so we've done such so much a tour of the world that uh, some of some of my favourite golf courses down there that names names are, are Arruera. There's Arruera one and Arruera two. Two superb golf courses. The Portuguese Open has been played there many, many, many times. And um, the golf there again, as compared to the Algarve, you're looking at very comfortably, very comfortably there, doing four rounds of golf for 200 euros. And you you just can't do that anywhere, either in the Algarve or the Costa del Sol. I've heard a lot about golf from France, Italy, all those other places. None of them can even get their toe into the market compared with the destinations we're talking about. Why is that, Sean? No, they just can't. No, and I've, I've, I've tried France a couple of times. Strangely enough, one of the very first destinations I ever went to was Deauville. And, uh, and what we did was we, we drove to Rosslair went over on the boat to La Havre and then drove to Deauville. Uh, the Hotel de Golf there has, has its own 27-hole golf course. It's magnificent. But I haven't been for 40 years. We had two or three very successful trips there, but uh, you're not guaranteed weather. You are guaranteed... I did a little bit in Italy. Uh, I don't know whether the Ryder Cup being played in Italy next time round will make, enough, make a great deal of difference. Uh, but it's being played in Rome, and really, do you want to have a golfing holiday in Rome? And the nearest golf course is going to be at least an hour away. And 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 in, in actual fact, you're probably going to have to leave it half an hour earlier than that because you might run run into traffic problems. Um, we did go to Venice. We had a quite a, quite a, a good run in Venice. Christy O'Connor's son Peter was the pro there for for for, for a number of years. We went there and had good times. But it just has never it's it's never caught on. And France remains France, you know. But um, down around Nice, there, there are super golf courses, but they just that they've never bitten the Irish people. Find it hard to get beyond the Spain and Portugal, don't they? Um, and even. We're in love with it and the access is terrific. And as you say, yeah, yeah. you land virtually on the golf course when you're flying into those regional airports. Mm. And even this, northern Spain, that. even northern uh, Spain and Oporto and places have difficulty competing with their own yeah. products in the south. Yeah, the, the, the Oporto people have tried to persuade me to go a few times. But it, Oporto, it's just, it's so far north that... Um, and, and around the Barcelona area, uh, we've, we've had some very successful trips there. Very, very successful. But if you take people that far north and you're unlucky enough to get not a, a bad run of weather, of course, oh, what are we doing? What are we doing here? We never should have been up here this far north and what have you. And the weather is, is good. But Irish people, 
One destination that we did a lot of business with and, and still do a certain amount with is Lamanga down in the very southeast. Uh, uh, and, and, and we have recently found some very good golf courses in the Almeria area. Um, but the difficulty is persuading people to go somewhere different. Our clientele, unfortunately, keep coming back and wanting to go to the same places because, uh, in my experience with holidaymakers, there's two distinct types. There's the person who finds a place that they like and they want to keep going back because they walk in and they go into a bar and they say, oh, hello, Michael, how are you? Yours is a gin and tonic, off I go. He's known, he's welcomed. Then there's the other one who says, okay, that was a nice place. Now, where are we going next year? Now, that particular person eventually is going to run into a, into a brick wall because there aren't simply enough places around to, to, to keep finding new places equally as good. So eventually they find somewhere bad. But I suppose older people, and let's face it, uh, on, on most of my trips nowadays, if somebody is under 50, they're, well, they're, they're children almost. Um, but they do like to go to the tried and tested and proven. They like to go back knowing what they're going to get. And and I also, in addition to the, the entertainment trip to Cadiz, I do a sporting trip to Cadiz, and we get hurlers and footballers, GAA mainly. And um, the, 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 the lads involved in that just keep on saying to me, uh, why would we change? Nothing's going to be any... Wherever you go, it's going to be something of a, of a letdown after here. But, the mechanics of the operation, Sean. I hosted an event with Michael O'Leary once where somebody asked him about book, uh, the golf clubs. And his answer I'll never forget was, if you want to bring your golf clubs, fly with Aer Lingus. Um, the, <laughs> the whole po- point of transporting your golf clubs with you, they, it, can, it got very messy when the airlines changed their baggage charges. Is there a point at this stage where you just hire when you get there? And how does the mechanics of transporting golf clubs for the sheer number of people that you deal with, how does that work out? In, in, very, in very broad terms, the cost of hiring clubs at the other end is more or less the same as, as, as bringing your own. Uh, it, it really is. There's very little difference between the two. Uh, the cost of bringing your clubs is going to be the same as, as picking them up at the other end. Um, personally, from my point of view, not that I'm not good a golfer, I, I always wanted to take my own. In our experience, uh, I find that it's ladies who, who tend to hire at the other end. They prefer to hire at the other end. The logistics work out very well. In, uh, for example, in Lisbon, by the time uh, by the time the people who've got their golf clubs have gone to the oversized bay and picked them up and got through, the others who don't have golf clubs to collect have been picked up their golf clubs and they're waiting on the coach. It really does work very, very well. But men, for some reason or another, seem to prefer to bring their own golf clubs regardless of the cost. And it's not necessarily that they're better golfers. That, that, that's not the case at all. The, the situation is that they, they seem to prefer to bring their own. Uh, whereas ladies, I've had, uh, we get, we get uh, that's, that's probably the biggest, most significant difference I've seen in 45 years. Uh, the numbers of ladies who, who, who go on trips, um, but they do. They do. I, I've seen groups of ladies where eighty percent of them will hire clubs. Um, uh, then they, they 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 just find it easier. But that probably is, in, in fact, uh, when I started, when I started with one of my trips, if I had a group of sixty people, of the sixty, maybe twenty would be non-golfers. And of the 40 golfers, there might be 10 ladies. 
nowadays, uh, if there's 60 people on a trip, 50, 55 will play golf. Despite the fact that we've got entertainment to, to take care of the non-golfers at, at night, they'll nearly all be golfers. And um, I can remember a trip to Arawera, in south of Lisbon, uh, two years ago. We had exactly 52 golfers, exactly 52. Your mathematics will tell you we had 13 teams of four, and every team had one man and three women. Now, there are some men who would hear that and say, okay, that's the end of me. I'm never going on his bloody trips. That's what I'm going to get playing. But I would repeat, I think, what I said earlier. They're mostly, it's all social. It really is all social. And the men, I imagine going through those men on that particular trip, pretty well all of them were with their wives. So, um, and uh, the other comment about that is that we do seem to get more widows than we do widowers. We do get we do get a lot of widows widows on the trip, but sure, because uh, it's it's an easy thing to do. Golf golf is is the, the great leveler, isn't it? It doesn't matter who you are. You walk onto the first tee, and uh, you, you've all got the same task facing you. Um, and if you were to change the whole setup of how golf is run from the pe- people that host you and the people that supply the product, what's your biggest gripe? You've already alluded to the fact that uh, more courses are being built for to sort of capture the big championship and not much attention being paid to the high handicappers. Gosh, I, 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 in, in very broad terms, though, and I'd find it very hard to criticise most of them. I, pretty well every destination, they work their socks off to do everything they can to facilitate you. They really do. If, I mean, uh, I go to that golf travel market every year. It's going on now for about 25 years, and you meet all the golf courses, all the hotels. I I, I would find it hard to criticise, because they do. Well, I suppose from my point of view, they know when they see Sean Skeen coming along that there's business coming afterwards, so it pays them to be nice to me. Um, but I, I think that all destinations try very, very hard, and they, they put together as good a product as they possibly can. Um, the real big championship golf courses, they, they probably don't want to. Um, I heard recently, coming back to Ireland, that, that I don't know whether it's true or not, because we don't do that much in Ireland, but I believe it's cheaper to stay in a dare manor than it is to play golf there. Um I, I remember the old head, um, Greenfield. Yeah, they're from 12, 1,200 euros a line, wasn't it? <laughs> they made people's hair grey, <laughs> just the yeah. thought of them, and fluffed their shots. Yeah. You know, it, it, there was an element of that, particularly in Tiger times. Yeah, I was talking to David Jones about that. He was, he was telling me, or no, no, Michael Davern, former of the K-Club, was telling me about a dare manor. And, and the, 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 he mentioned to me that it's the same concept as Sandy Lane. Sandy Lane in Barbados has two golf courses. One of them is called the Green Monkey. And the Green Monkey is Dermot Desmond and J.P. McManus's private little episode, if you like. And the only way you can play the Green Monkey is if you're staying in the hotel. The only way you can buy a shirt with the Green Monkey logo on it is if you're... You can't even buy a shirt unless you're staying in the hotel. And they close the first tee at nine o'clock every day. So they they create something totally exclusive. Um, and I think that might be the concept in uh, in, in Adair Manor, that they're, they're creating this golf course, which is going to be the venue for the Ryder Cup in, what is it, 27, whatever it is. And they, they want to just maintain the status of it, that it's, it's just exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. 
And Michael yeah. Davern is one of the most experienced. Uh, he's he's run golf resorts all over the world and has just recently departed the K Club. We're sorry to see him go because he ran a great, nice, yeah. great, great, great show I, here from the time the Ryder Cup was last hosted in Ireland. Yeah, well he, st- he started in the K Club and then he went to, to Fancourt in South Africa. And I first met him in South Africa when I had groups going down there. We became good friends there. Then he went to he went to Barbados and he worked in Sandy Lane. And he'd been there about four or five months when he came back to Dublin and got in touch with me and said, I've been told Dermot Desmond said to him, uh, talk to Skeen, he might get some people. And it turned out that they did a deal for me to bring people there in September and October. Um, uh, when the, the, the deal that they created was such a good one that I'm delighted to say we did a load of business there and people went to Sandy Lane who otherwise would never have dreamt that it was within their compass because they were sensible enough to realise that A, if they didn't have anybody there they were getting no income coming in because even though Sandy Lane is 100% full in December and January, in September it was 25 or 30%. So whatever income they got, and of course Michael Darwin had the very clever idea of saying, look, we'll give, your, we'll give them unlimited golf. And of course this is a huge carrot to Irish people. And even though they had unlimited golf, in practice nobody, nobody, nobody facilitated it. I don't think anybody played every day, even though it was there and it was available to them. But it was a great carrot. And then Michael then left, and he went to the K Club the year before the the year before the Ryder Cup. That was his first his first there. So, um, and as you say, sadly, he's now gone. Uh, he's a big loss to the K Club. Sean Skeen, legend of golf tourism, legend of uh, tourism. If you doubt that, just ask anyone who's been on one of his entertainment trips. Uh, it's been great <laughs> chatting to you. I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners have too. Thank you very much. If I taught Owen Curry something, that is an achievement of my career. Good luck, Owen. Thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times.